Hello and welcome to Ain't So Black and White. I'm Richie Lyons. And I'm Amon Owens. Let's get into it. We got a special guest, very special guest today, the president of GSA, Corey Forbes. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> now, Corey, we always start off like this. Tell us about your heritage, where you're from, and what you're up to now. Sure. Um, you know, my name's Corey. I, I was born in Baltimore, but uh, my parents moved to... Oh, wait. I didn't know. So you're from Baltimore? Yeah, I'm from Baltimore. I'm from Pittsburgh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I moved to Madison when I was six. So my, you know, my parents did. Uh, so I basically grew up in Madison. Okay. Um, so not far from here. So you're not a Ravens fan? Oh, the, I prefer the Packers. Okay, uh, good. Oh. Okay, starting off good so far. Um, I don't know. The Raven, the Ravens are complicated. You know, we stole them because somebody else stole our team. You know, that's a whole thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 I don't like Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> I can agree with you on that. I do not like Cleveland either. Wow. <laughs> but um, all star games is in Cleveland. But yeah, I, I you know, my, my family is like you know, heritage wise, um, Finnish and Irish mostly, but like Scots Irish, uh, like you know, Protestant Irish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we had a conversation about this before this. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know you know fake irish um and uh you know i you know right now i'm you know i the president of gsa which means i you know help out with running the gender sexuality alliance really that's what that stood for well it it it, it depends i, I it, it can stand for that it can stand for gay straight alliance i, I thought it stood for gay student association you know what? I've, I've, used, I've used that before. Good. I've used that before. Doesn't that sound good? Gay Student Association. Yeah, I never thought about that. That's what I thought. That's what I've been telling people. Man, maybe I, you should go into marketing, Iman. I hate But that, that's why I say that it's it's not the Gay Student Association. It's not the Gender Sexuality Alliance. It's not the Gay Straight Alliance. It's the GSA because, you know what? People people can invent their own meaning about that. Um. But, yeah, it it's, you know, right now I'm, you know, I'm running that. I'm also a, a history major. I'm, I'm doing the accelerated degree program so i'm doing some grad school too so uh, that's a lot but yeah um yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um how was it where did you grow up in madison uh west side far west side really because i got some um godparents that live out there in madison oh. what made you want to come to marquette instead of going to madison i mean it's a big uh, part of school i needed to get out of of madison uh just because you know, i wanted to live in a new place um and marquette I came in not as uh, history. I came in as poli sci, really. And Marquette had um, a pretty good, you know, poli sci department. It had a couple of famous professors, and and the, the poll we Marquette runs a very well known poll, um, like a polling agency. Uh-huh. Uh So I came to Marquette for that reason. Um, you know, I just I needed to live somewhere new and live on my own, you know, and not be able to like rely on my parents for things. So I wanted to get out. I mean, you can go very far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't go too far. Um, but, like, it, it, I needed at least some distance. Um, yeah. It's kind of convenient being two hours, I feel like, is the best amount of distance to be from home. Because yeah. that way, like, if, if you're in, like, real trouble, your parents, like, I had COVID last semester. So, like, my parents were able to come and pick me up um, when I got COVID. But, like... You know, that way, like, if it's a minor thing, I have to deal with it, and they, they aren't, you know... Freaking out. Freaking out, exactly. And and so, it's... I think two hours is about the right distance. Yeah, yeah me um, and Richie are, like, a, <laughs> we're at a disadvantage. <laughs> yeah. My um, mom is, like, nine hours away. Yeah, mine's, like, eight. Uh, so... <laughs> 
I want to ask, so how'd you first get started with the GSA? Um, I, I, I started attending events, um, and at the time, uh, they needed a secretary, so I, I, you know, I was like, okay, I can do this. I want to get involved with things on campus because I was a freshman. Um, and so I, I signed on to be secretary, and as time went on, you know, I kept on rising through the ranks, as it were, to uh, secretary, then uh, vice president, then president. Okay. What what does being like secretary of the GSA like entail? Um, writing the emails that get sent out every week and uh. taking notes at meetings, standard secretary stuff. Um, you know, we take we have we have you know regular meetings and then we have meetings on the off weeks with just the officers. You know, e board meetings. Um, so we just take notes of what we talk about and what we need to talk about. So. I was also going to ask, um, is Gay Student Alliance different than the like LGBTQIA thing on campus? The the Resource Center? Yeah. Because uh, don't they have like a club too? It's not a club, but th- they are distinct. So the Resource Center, the LGBT uh, Resource Center, is funded by the university. It has employees who are paid to <clears throat> staff the uh, the location and run events out of it. Um, so, so that's sort of them. And the GSA is a independent, you know, we're, we're a student organization, like say, you know, the rugby club or the, what's Uh. a bad example, but like, you know, the chess club or whatever, we're, we're on, on that tier of, of, you know, bureaucracy. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of the difference in terms of like what that means on the ground. It means that we have events more often, and we often have bigger uh, events that involve leaving campus um, and doing that sort of thing. Uh, and they often have events that involve bringing something to campus. So that's sort of like the two decades. Like, they will bring guests and speakers mm-hmm. and, like, throw big events on campus, and we often will sponsor trips to leave campus and, like, go to the museum or um, see somebody or something like that. Do you have to be, like, any, like, do you have to be fit inside of criteria to join GSA? No, it's it, it. We don't have like rules, and you know the gender sexuality. You know, one of the one of the many meetings of GSA is Gay Straight Alliance. It, it's solidarity. It's saying you know you're you're an ally. You stand with the community. You don't have to be you know LGBT to be a member of the the GSA. Okay, I want to talk about GSA a little bit more later. I want to hear about you and your story and coming out and all that. Sure. I mean, I. I am a very, I have a very boring story. Uh, I, I, I experienced very little conflict when I came out. My parents were both incredibly supportive. I came from a community. I mean, I don't know. You said you had godparents in Madison. If you know what Madison's like. Um, well, they don't actually live in Madison. I said I have like, my godparents have family in Madison. Oh, okay. Right? Madison is a ridiculously liberal city. The, the mayor in, in like the 60s, the mayor gave the key to the city to Fidel Castro. I'm not even joking. You can Google that. Um, that's Richie. Richie's dad. That that's communist. <laughs> but but so it, it's an incredibly liberal city. It's an incredibly welcoming city for that sort of thing. Um, so I did not come from a community where there was much stigma <clears throat> associated with it. Again, my parents were supportive. My grandparents were supportive, um, You know, which I was pleasantly surprised by. Uh, but apparently they had been, like, doing activists about it in the Presbyterian Church since, like, the 70s. So I, I didn't even know until I came out. Really? Um, but, yeah, they, my, you know, my parents were very cool with it. Uh, and so I did not have that much in terms of coming out, like, the first time. Now, the thing about coming out is you don't do it once. Because, uh. you know, you, you, 
You can't look at me and know that I'm gay. I mean, maybe you can, but like not everyone can. I think uh, I'd have to see you. Hey, no, no, serious. I'd probably have to see you walk. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd have to see you walk. Well, all right, that, fair enough. But uh, you know, so you have to come out to everybody because you, you have to come out to every time it becomes relevant. You know, in, in the conversation that you're gay. Um, so, so it it it's something that you you don't just come out. So. Like the the big come out when you did it to you know yourself and your parents and and your like your girl you know high school friends or whatever, um, that was relatively easy for me. There have been you know times I've come out that's been more or less comfortable. Uh, I've been relatively lucky that I've not had situations that went poorly per se. Um, but yeah, I've I've you know I, I've been relatively lucky on that front. Hey, I I must say. Um I, it's funny that you mentioned that you've had to like come out multiple times, especially like since you said it's probably harder to perceive you as gay. I have a friend and he was telling me about this one time where being gay saved him from being uh, a rape. I mean, being uh, accused of like rape. Huh. He said like a girl like fell asleep in his bed and he like put a backpack on her back where, as she slept on her stomach so that she wouldn't like roll over and uh, like um, yeah, throw yeah. up and choke. And then he said he slept outside, on, uh, not outside, but in like the hallway sure. on the floor. And he said when he woke up, the girl was like, did you rape me last night? And, and, and like he just like had to give this whole explanation of how he was gay and stuff and how the girl didn't believe him, but he had to prove his point. But I, but I was, but that was just so funny that he had to like explain to the girl because he's also one, one person that you wouldn't perceive as gay. Right. Yeah. yeah I want to talk about like the perception of like being gay. Like you add up the numbers, like, uh, like. Oh, like I'm good at this. Like if I play, if I'm good at sports, I'm probably not gay and all of that. And like, do you think there's any merit to that? Like being gay, like changing your personality at all or anything? Um, like, like you could have like you know a biological take on this, which I don't like. You know, which is like, oh, there's a gay gene that like correlates with the like I don't know dancing gene and like the cooking gene. Uh, I don't like that explanation. I think it's probably more like Freudian in a sense. Like it's like you're Sydney, gay, right. yeah. you feel like alienated from masculinity, um, for you know, your own internal reasons, and so you end up subconsciously, even before you know, um, rejecting stereotypically masculine things. I don't think it's like a you know, a biological necessity. I think it's sort of a self fulfilling prophecy that being that that being heterosexual is so ingrained into our definition of like manhood or womanhood. That if you feel alienated from heterosexuality, you also feel alienated from manhood or womanhood. Okay, I I was gonna ask. I, that's funny that you expounded on that because um, I've had like friends who was like, I have no problem with gay people. I just don't like the gay people who make gay their personality. And am I? We we all know what they mean by that. Sure, but. I've never had it like explained like they like distance themselves from the idea of masculinity. I thought, well, I'm not going to say I thought, but I thought it was more of a I don't even know if it was really a like a them type of thing or whether they just acted like that in public to feel more accepted cuz cuz you know like a lot of gay guys that have that are more feminine like they have mostly female friends. So I, I always wondered like whether they took after their friends' personality or acted as if they wanted their friends to accept them that and forgot who they were or how they were before they did I mean, that. I think you have a little bit of like a chicken and the egg situation yeah. where like in order to have mostly female friends, generally you know, you have to start out at least somewhat um, alienated from masculinity. 
So that might be like sort of a, a compounding thing. But there's also people who, you know, buck those, you know, stereotypes. I think I think the stereotypes are much more um like like to the extent that there are people who embody those stereotypes, it's much more about the society around them. That's not to say that like it's a bad thing to embody the stereotypes, but like I think that's more of a social thing than like a, a thing of the self, if you, if you get what I'm saying. Like I don't think it's like in their nature to embody the stereotypes. I think it's 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 a reaction to the sort of world that they live in, um, or that that we live in. Yeah, that's a very good point. So I want to talk about a little bit about representation. Ooh, I'm on, I want to talk a little bit about representation. Uh, so we talked about last week about representation in like superhero movies and all that. Do you think in fiction there's a good amount of representation for LGBT two? Q plus uh, community? Yes and no. Um, I think if you want to look for like LGBTQ stories, well, not stories, that's the wrong word. I think we've passed some sort of threshold, and, and I hate to give Ellen credit for things, but I think Ellen was a big part of it. Uh, where being gay is not necessarily taboo on like TV and movies and so on and so forth. Uh, I think we've passed that threshold. You, um, I would disagree. I mean, but but hear me out. Yeah. I think we've gone to, the, and I think that's like in a pure creative vacuum. However, I think there are commercial interests, um, mostly outside of like United States politics, mm-hmm. that prevent it. Like if you have, you know, there was that one thing about Star Wars had the one scene yeah. with the two women kissing that was removed in the Chinese version of the movie. <laughs> or they removed the scene with uh, Captain America talking to the gay guy from... Um, from Endgame, from the you know like the Chinese version of the as I said like it's it's I think America has gotten if if the American market was the only only market I think we would see more LGBT representation, and that's not to say that like I think that at this point it's 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 at the highest level I think it, it, it at a, at lower levels it's it's gotten a lot better in recent years I think there are still you know money concerns about like big budget movies and and big budget tv shows i also want to ask about representation in the government do you think there's enough representatives in the government that are lgtq plus pete Buttigieg. well (laughs) you're saying that in wisconsin um which is a funny state well i come from madison um and madison two out of your three federal representatives are gay um mark pocan and tammy baldwin are both gay Uh, only only ron johnson isn't um but Maybe I don't know. Um, I think I don't know if we'd be able to elect a gay president at this point. Um, maybe, maybe not. Um, I think that we're moving towards that point. Certainly, uh, I think it would be great to see more, you know, LGBT representation, especially you know trans people in particular. I am not trans, but like I, I, I think that that is an area where LGBT representation needs some work. Um, yeah, I guess my previous comments were more specifically on 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 the the L's, the B's, and the and and the G's, um, but the the I think the on on trans issues there needs to be more representation. Full stop. There's barely any in Hollywood or anywhere really, and what is there is fetishistic and leering. Yeah, that's true. Because the only one I can think of is like in Euphoria mm-hmm. with Joel's, and other than that, yeah, you, can't you, think you, much. I think I think as time progresses, we'll see more. Uh, more trans people in movies and stuff. But I, I kind of want to um, flip back where you said uh, um, we've kind of passed a threshold where you said being gay is, like, taboo. 
I, I and I the only reason I'm stopping arguing this because I would say it depends or not necessarily argue, but like just making this point is I would say that it depends on what community eyes you're looking through. Sure. Because because uh, probably from the Madison community. Where, yeah. Yeah. Where it's probably where did you grow up in like the suburbs? Uh, I grew up uh, outskirts of D.C. Um, uh, like Silver Spring. It's like a strip of, you know, urban between D.C. and Baltimore. But all my family was in Baltimore. No, I'm talking about when you grew up oh, in Madison. Madison. Um, suburb. Uh, not quite. I was in city limits, but out towards yeah. the edges a little. Yeah, I was I was asking because I feel like uh, I, I have no idea what it's like in the Italian community, how they look at it. But I, I know from like a black like standpoint, black people are very I'm not talking about all black people, but black people are very like homophobic and not necessarily like hating, but it's more of like they don't want their child to be that. So it's like a for example, one of my cousins was getting married and um Lord, I hope you don't watch this. But um, one of my cousins was getting married, and one of the girls at the wedding was like, uh, I'm so glad it's a woman that he married and not a man. <laughs> and, and, and in my head, I was like, man, she really just said that, like, at a wedding? But but everybody around it seemed as if it didn't bother them or something like that, as if they kind of agreed. And it, it just made me think. just like So it made me go back to the point where it was like, it depends on what community eyes you're looking oh, yeah, through totally. when it comes to whether it's taboo or not. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it, it definitely depends on the community. I think when it comes to like representation in national media, I guess to sort of further qualify my answer yeah, beyond yeah. my further qualification, um, you know, it, it, it's it's reached, it's, it's passed over what I think to be the hump. Um, I definitely think that in certain communities, um, in certain places, and in, you know, in, in certain contexts, it's still very taboo, and I think that's that's not great, obviously. <laughs> oh yeah, especially like in um Islamic communities, like or, or Muslim communities, they sure. they are very against that. I was also gonna ask, sorry, to circle back to this TV thing, but how do you how do you feel about um it being in cartoons with kids and stuff? Because I know that's like a big thing that people argue over all the time about whether homosexual couples. Because I think it was like in the Loud House, yeah, on Nickelodeon where they yeah, had the uh, one kid, his parents are yeah. gay. So, yeah, how do you think that should be? Do you think it should be in cartoons or is I mean, it more complex now? Yes. Yeah, I, I think it should be in cartoons. Um, like, like, I think you could do representation poorly. I haven't seen The Loud House. I can't attest. I, I haven't seen many you know cartoons with LGBT themes or whatever. I think there are ways to do it well, and I think there are ways to do it poorly. Um, but I think... The world we're coming up, the kids are coming up in, is a world that has gay couples. Mm -hmm. is, a, is a world that has gay parents. Is a world that has, you know, where gay people exist and trans people exist. Yeah. Um, that's just sort of the nature of the world. And if the role of television is to sort of socially acclimate kids to the world around them, I think it's perfectly fine. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's brainwashing to have that on TV. You know. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that's sort of, I don't, I don't think it's inappropriate. Now there are ways to do it poorly where it's ham fisted and like, you know, shoved I in. I agree. But I think in principle, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if a kid's cartoon can c talk about death, I think they can touch on yeah. that and reflect <laughs> the world. Uh, another thing I want to talk about is the word gay. A lot of people use it to describe things 
as bad or use it, you know, call like, oh, that's gay, you know, that's gay. I wonder your thoughts on that because I feel like that dialect's still around. It's not great. Um, <laughs> like, like I don't love it. Um, I think it, it's it's not great. Like I, I I think it's bad. I I would I would prefer if it stopped. Um, but you know it, it. I think it. This might just be my perception, but I feel like it's stopping a little bit on its own. Like I remember people in high school saying that all the time, but I feel like by college and maybe that's just you know changed my social social circle but like i i couldn't i didn't hear it as much um you know i i feel like that like it's bad but i think it's a problem that to a certain extent is solving itself um that's that's pretty amazing that we that we get into this um how do you how do you feel about um so dave chappelle my boy (laughs) i love dave chappelle he did a whole whole rant on this I'm not saying I agree with everything Dave Chappelle said, but how, what, so getting into like pronouns. So like now people are, you know, wait, could you explain to me what gender fluid is? I, I feel like I'm, I'm missing the ball on what gender fluidity is. So, so gender fluid, I mean, gender fluid is sort of part of a larger sort of category of like non-binary-ness. Mm-hmm. So the general idea is that sort of you have your, you have your like biological, you know, sex and that's determined by, you know, chromosomes chromosomes genitalia that sort of thing but that's not like literally what we do in the world obviously mm-hmm. like like when i go to a bathroom they don't check my chromosomes and i don't check my chromosomes um you know <laughs> going Imagine going if they did though. going to the bathroom is something that's socially constructed we have yeah. like you know you go back long enough in history that like someone had to invent the idea of a men's room and a woman's room yeah um, so the idea is that these are things that we invented. We, we, you know, they came out of our brain since they came out of our brain. There's no limit to the amount of like other things that can come out of our brain. And we don't have to let those ideas like define us. Mm-hmm. We don't have to let other people's ideas about how people should behave define us. And I think there's a strong case for that. I mean, I, I, I study history from a historical perspective. What gender is has shifted a lot over the years. Just to use a very, you know, stereotypical example, girls u- or, uh, boys used to wear dresses when they were growing up until like the 1910s. Um, like that, but now we associate womanhood with wearing dresses to the extent that like the bathroom symbol of a woman is wearing, you know, a dress. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the same way, a non-binary person is having to redefine gender, but not just for not for everybody just for themselves and and so gender fluidity would be saying that you in, in the sort of a technical term so you have these two categories or more categories of sort of broad social convention saying that you don't that while you don't necessarily reject them as fake you don't feel constrained by one you don't feel trapped in womanhood or trapped in manhood you feel that you can travel between them depending on how you feel and what you're doing so that was that's a good that's a good point that you shifted into. I wanted to I wanted to ask. So can you like change like what your gender is day to day? And if so, what um what stops people from like like taking advantage? I'll, I'll give a quick example. There was like an acapella group in the AMU, and they were doing sign up, and they said, "Oh, sorry, we only take girls." And in my head, I thought. Well, could a trans girl 
join the acapella group. And then I thought to myself, what would make that trans girl a trans girl? Could she wake up tomorrow? Could I wake up tomorrow and truly feel like a woman and, and join that acapella group? Or, or, or how, how would that work? Or if that's work? I mean, I think like when you're trying to sort of understand this, it's, it's, it's good taste. It's, it's the same thing that like, deter- like people don't exploit every, like when I, they ask me like, um, what's your date of birth? There's nothing stopping me from lying. And there's like, there's a million different like ways that I could misrepresent who I was to gain an advantage. Um, that's not necessarily like, that's not physically impossible for me to do in the same way. It's not physically impossible for someone to change their gender to do bad things, whatever those bad things are. Mm -hmm. But that those things would still be bad. Even if a trans person did them, um, like, like, uh, so, so what I'm trying to get at is that like things are good or bad, regardless of who does them. And what makes you feel like a man or a woman is up to you to decide and to a certain extent, it's up for you to sort of make good on that in society to a certain extent. Uh, and I don't mean that in saying that, like, oh, trans people have an obligation to, like, conform to stereotypes. But, like, that there's an obligation of all people to not be dicks. Sorry. It's <laughs> 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 all right. It's all right. So my question, sorry. So my question is, how does one make does one have to make it known that they are like trans? Like, cause how does the shift work? Like, what if it's like, could it be like an overnight thing or, or like, how does one make it known to others? Like, do they, or do trans people go get like their ID changed and birth certificate? Changed? Is that a thing? I have no idea. Um, so getting your name changed and birth certificate changed is really hard. It's possible, but it's, it's really difficult. Um, so you wouldn't be able to do that in like anything less than like eight months. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's sort of like the, but basically it's it's sort of an etiquette thing. Think of it um, like, yes, a person can like change their gender overnight in terms of like what they want to sort of present to the world and what, what how they want to be treated. But like they if they want to actually be true that they would have to announce it just as like a matter of like basic, you know, human communication. You, you can't be treated a certain way unless you communicate that that's the way you want to be treated. Um, so, so I don't think anyone would get mad at you for say, you know, not knowing if there was never any communication. I think, it, you know, it would be an honest mistake. Um, so, so, and how they would announce it to the world the same way you like uh, you announce your name like name for example you know you go into a room with new people and you say you know my name is what and so that just imagine that but on a different scale in a different context okay so switching back to the acapella group my question is if i woke up tomorrow and identified as a woman should that acapella group be obligated to accept me or should they accept me or um, I mean, it, it depends on the circumstances, obviously. Um, like, I, I don't want to speak for anybody. I think that I, as the acapella group would have to make that decision, I, let me put it this way. If, if you were genuinely in good faith, you know, you woke up. Yeah, that's good, what I'm saying. If I was genuinely in good, in good faith, faith. Um, 
Yes, unless it impairs the like point of the acapella group. Like if, if there if, if your voice is too deep in the same way that they would probably not let somebody like a, a biological woman with a very very deep voice on a acapella group in the higher ranges. Yeah. Um so I I don't think there's a problem with it as long as the reason for discrimination is not pure is based on sort of a deeper concept than than um just gender identity. But in the same way, if you had been on, say, estrogen and voice training for three years to the extent that your voice was now in the higher register, then I don't think there would be an excuse for them to not let you in. Hmm. But these are just my opinions. Don't think this is like gospel of what, what <laughs> the LGBTs think. Yeah, I want to talk about, uh, I feel like people have a notion that the LGBTQ plus community gets easily offended. What do you have to say about that? There are people who do. Um, <laughs> I, I won't, I won't, I won't lie. Um, there are people who do. I think it comes from a genuine exhaustion. Um, that, that to be a little bit of a, a intra community critic, there is a lot of jargon that comes with being a part of the community. A lot of concepts that aren't exactly intuitive. Um, and so sort of, I don't want to say the price of entry, but sort of as becoming part of the community, you learn these concepts, you learn these words, you learn this, these these phrases, um, just to sort of understand the world around you and, and the world you're in. And so there's this constant need to, if you want other people to understand, you need to explain these concepts. And I think that gets tiring. And I think it, at some point it gets a little easier to just sort of throw up your hands and quit rather than explain. And I don't blame people who just throw up their hands and quit and say that's offensive. Um, but I don't think it's effective, which is why I'm on this radio show today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I must agree. And, and saying that, it kind of makes me think of like a, how how like people just because you're gay, they think certain things about you automatically. That's, that's kind of like, this is totally off subject, but that's kind of like being a Christian. Because um, I, I, I told this girl that I was Christian and she just looked at me and was like, "Oh, so you hate gay people and trans people?" I was like, "I was like, what?" And, but but that was that's the stereotypes around people who are Christian that they are haters of these groups. And it was just like, ah, it's funny that we share something in common in that area. Yeah, totally. I want to ask you brought up Christianity and all that. A lot of people use religion as excuse to hate LGBTQ plus people. Do you think that was like? already in their religion they're just kind of sort of making it up just as an excuse i could like do the standard you know like edgy atheist 2012 argument about like oh do you wear polyester huh do you wear polyester <laughs> the bible says you shouldn't wear polyester and i could argue that really back really quickly right right <laughs> exactly i could make that argument but yeah. i'm not going to because it's a bad argument Very bad um, argument. <laughs> <laughs> uh so the i think at a deeper level there is for various reasons, you know, the homophobia is a constant in a lot of societies. Yeah. Um, and religion in many cases is a, a solidification of things that are already felt in a society. You know, that from what you know, I've read about like th there were good reasons not to eat pork and like so Judaism and Islam do not eat pork because the pork and the, the pigs in those areas were very bad quality and had diseases. Um, hmm. 
I don't want to say that like like being gay is like eating bad pork. That's a bad metaphor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but um, hey, you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like my my point is that you have these these stereotypes that exist either mm-hmm. prior to or around religion, um, and I don't think that people are lying about their faith. But I think that there's there's a feeling in the gut that comes before quoting the Bible. There's a sort of there's an ick factor, and that people go for the Bible to justify the ick factor. Um, and not the other way around. You know, I feel like since we're in such a westernized culture, the only religion that gets talked about when it comes to, like, not um, necessarily supporting homosexual lifestyle is Christianity. You never hear anyone go after any other religion when it comes to... Yeah, but we focus mostly on America and... Yeah, the but, government is mostly made up of Christian people, so the lawmakers are mostly thinking of it from a Christian standpoint. Yeah, what. of course. But the point is, homosexuality doesn't only exist in America. I'm yeah. talking about outside of the country. Oh, yeah. It's but, so, but I'm worse saying, in a lot of places. They'll kill yeah, people yeah. just Yeah, but, but my question is, we, we never hear people mention that. We only hear people when they... I'm not, I'm not trying to defend the Christian thing or anything, but I'll, I've always wondered, like... Are, are they, like, scared to go after the other religion? Are they scared to say, hey, man, you Muslims think you got it all. Or you Jews. Or you not Buddhist. That's not really a religion. But it's just <laughs> like, yeah, but I never hear anybody go after those other. Do you think there's a reason why? Um, I think you, you put on the reason why in the American context because, you know, uh, we are a overwhelmingly Christian country. Mm-hmm. And if you look at, say, LGBT activists in, say, Iran um, or Turkey – um, they they do you know criticize Islam, um, uh, Judea Israel complicated, um, <laughs> um, and I don't think Hinduism or Buddhism have like big anti-gay taboos. Um, I think Hinduism Hinduism does. does? I I don't I, I don't know anything about Hinduism. Yeah, bu- Buddhism not really. Buddhism more is like a philosophy. I think. Yeah, it's yeah. more of a philosophy. Siddhartha we did learn a little bit about Hinduism last uh, episode. Check that out, guys. It's a shameless <laughs> plug. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and also our forms of homophobia that people are rejecting in sort of the American context are particular to America and particular to the Christian sort of mm-hmm. environment. Um, my favorite example of this is Iran. Iran is totally cool with trans people. The, the Iranian government, which you know is an incredibly conservative Islamist government, um, will pay for people to medically transition. Really? Because otherwise they'd be gay. And they hang gay people. So the idea is better trans than gay. Huh. So, so, so the, huh. we have this very, we have one conception of what it means to dislike gay people. And so our LGBT movement is built around those conceptions. So that's why that's the sort of critique in the West is because we're responding to a Western version of you know, homophobia or transphobia. Imagine getting your chopped off. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, was, that was a way to put it in mind. I, 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 like, what? Like, they, they pay... Wait, time out. Could, do you have to get? Because I know there yes, are a lot of trans or, or, or die. Really? If you if you are gay, your options are transition or die. Really? Or transition or stay in the closet? Yeah, that that that's the logical one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's what I'd go with. Uh, <laughs> Man, that sounds terrible. Yeah. So you have different forms of of oppression around the world. So the 
as I said, the Western movement is in response to Western oppression. You talked about uh, Montessori eventually like, just stay in the closet. Has there ever been a time where you like hid being gay? I mean, there are times where it's like, do I need to bring it up, and would it make would it, would it make me uncomfortable? Like, I don't know. One time, I was like at a bar, and there were a bunch of you know, I, I got talking to some guys, and one of them was like, I you know. You're dating anyone? I'm like, I could, but I don't know any. You know, I could say yes. I'm, 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 I have a boyfriend. You know, but like, I don't know you. I don't know any of you. So I'm just gonna say nah, uh, and we'll and we'll move on from there. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I I said this the other day, and I was like, man, I would I would really feel very bad if I had like like if my brother. Or, or or sister, well, not necessarily sister. If my sister was gay, I wouldn't really feel bad. But I feel like if my brother was gay, I'd feel so bad. Not because he is gay, but because of, well, we're in 2022, so he'd face less oppression. But, like, I just feel like um a lot of gay men have hard lives. Like, for example, I know, like, gay dudes at my school, they used to get beat up. Like, they beat them up in the bathroom. And I used to think to myself, like, man, that, that must be really hard being gay. So I'd, I'd feel really sad if my... My brother, because I know, like he's like like you were at a bar. If you probably would have said that you had a boyfriend, they probably not saying that people are this malicious, but it probably would have waited on you outside of the bar and jumped you and left you there and called you all type of name. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly possible. <laughs> yeah, and and it used to happen a lot because I I, I j- just last semester is when I learned about Stonewall. Wait, is it Stonewall? Yeah, yeah. Stonewall. <laughs> yeah, in, in the sixties and stuff like that, and all the. Uh, the gay clubs and stuff like that and the riots and it's just like it was just last semester when i learned about that and i thought it was like it really touched me a little bit like i'm not very sympathetic but watching those watching the uh documentary made me be like dang i know definitely awful thing i want to ask what's something that like something ignorant that you hear a lot that people might not know is like either offensive or just like yeah misconceptions yeah just some misconceptions oh. <laughs> um I think the biggest one is sort of the just the stereotype. And I'm talking from my personal experience. I'm sure if I, you know, if I was trans or a lesbian or something, I'd I'd have different, you know, takes on what's the biggest one. But I think it's the stereotype that like, um, you know, gay men have to act a certain way, they have to sound a certain way, they have to perform a certain way. Um, like I, I don't think so. Like it just implies that people are so defined by their sexuality that they can't be like interesting outside of it without like not being true to themselves. Um, and, and to engage in a little bit more of intra-community critique, um, I really hated the discourse around Pete Buttigieg where people were saying he wasn't gay enough. That really upset me. <laughs> that was a thing? People were saying, yeah, that he, w- that, he was, that he wasn't gay enough. How do you be gayer? Well, they were saying he didn't act gay, and that didn't that gave him that didn't give him a right to like speak for the community because he wasn't like, I don't know, fl- yeah, yeah, like flamboyantly out. And I'm like, that's such a, it was such. Oh, I don't want to sound too mean to like my the fellow members of the community, but like it was such a pig-headed take, and it felt bad <laughs> to see it from coming from people I respected. That does sound sad though, saying because you're gay. That's like. That's that's crazy. Like you're not gay enough. Exactly. Yeah. I, I found it ridiculous. Like, how can you be like gay on your outer? Like how could I be straighter? Should I just like walk around carrying like dumbbell weights, curling <laughs> them all day? <laughs> Would that make me straighter? I don't know. I heard the stereotype that gay people work out a lot more, so I might be doing the opposite. I don't know. <laughs> hey, 
eating more Doritos or something. Yeah. I w- that's that's funny because um, <laughs> I also have a – so I used to work at this pizza place, and um, this guy, this, like, old head guy, so wise, and he was telling me one time how he hated when, um like, some people were, like, talking. And he said one of the girls said, all right, now, don't, let, don't make me act black. And then he said, what do you mean by act black? Do you mean act ignorant? So is to be black to be ignorant? And it kind of, like, coincides with that is to be gay or a gay male, meaning to be more flamboyant than a regular stereo. I mean, heterosexual male. Right, yeah. I think it. it's this idea, both inside and outside the community, that if you don't have certain personality traits, you aren't a real member of the community. <laughs> and it, it's such internalized stupidity, because it's like you're, you're taking their, the stereotypes, you know, the outside made about us, and now you're holding us to those stereotypes as if they're rules, and I, I find oh, it so. Oh yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. That is a really good point, and yeah. also, because like the stereotypes sort of been broken a lot. Like Carl Nassau, the defensive end for the Raiders. I and mean, like, what was his name? Get, Sam. Uh, I forget his name. Got drafted by the Rams. I forget his last name was Sam something. Michael Sam. Michael Sam. Yeah. Yeah. But those players also face a good amount of hate and. With just like memes and stuff, like I always see Carl Nassib memes about like, oh he's gonna get a sack and like, oh uh, like <laughs> yeah, it's just like things like that. Do you think those like that kind of memes are in good spirit? Or you think that's just hate? It, I mean, I I don't I'm not like familiar. I I don't watch football that much, oh, okay. but like I, I I sort of think I know what you mean. I mean, it it seems like it's in poor taste at the very least. It seems you know equivalent to like you know just crude stereotypes about any group um but yeah so it it, it, i wouldn't call it hate but i would certainly call it ignorant and i would certainly call it uh in bad spirit okay speaking on that um I'm guessing you probably haven't seen Dave Chappelle. I knew you were going to have Dave Chappelle. Oh, okay, <laughs> I, I, I have well, not. I'm well, sorry. Well, not even to go off the closer. My my question is, how do you feel about so comedians joke about things from race to like like racial stereotypes to um, gender, sexuality, gays? How do you, how do you feel about comedians when they make jokes about gays and sexualities and stuff like that? Um, comedians, right? Stand up comedians. Yeah, I I don't think it. I think it depends, obviously. I think it sort of depends on how the joke is framed. Um, like I don't I don't want to be like the comedy police who says, no, if it's not punching up, it's not real comedy, because that's like such a bad take. But um, Punching up. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, I've you, heard you that know a lot. the take. Um, yeah, I've heard that a lot. But I think that like the 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 comedy has to not just be being either like A, it, aren't the times crazy? I'm an old man who's upset that young people are doing things. Or B, just repeating stereotypes. Like, like, just commenting on things being outrageous is not comedy. It's just like, you know, it's it's what uh, what like um, Seth Meyers does. You know, it's it's not real comedy. <laughs> could you could you could you like? I'm sorry to put you on the spot. Could you give an example of something that would not be okay to say for a stand-up comedian? Um, from your point, jokes that basically just come down to like, you know, men say they are women. I say I am an animate object or whatever, what have you. Like Uh, that joke's been done. Um, first of all, that joke's been done. And second of all, the, the, the punchline, the reason the joke 
works to the extent that it works is the idea that trans people are so inherently ridiculous that the just invoking them is funny. Um, like you can make jokes. I, I don't want to say about trans, but like you can make jokes involving trans people. You can make jokes uh, about the condition of being trans, the condition is about being trans and about like even, you know, cis actors or cis comedians can make jokes about transness. Um, I don't think there's should be a hard, hard and fast rule about that. But I think if your joke is just this thing is silly or this thing is bad, that's not a that's not a funny joke. Okay, I get where you're coming from. Man, I want to ask, sort of, not very similar what we're talking about, but as a straight person, how can we make somebody feel accepted? Um, I think just sort of a not assuming things is probably the best thing. Like like not giving into stereotypes and not giving into like what people you know already think they know um and i think creating space for people to be queer in your social circle um instead of like like instead of asking like you seeing girls lately if you know to people you know you seeing anyone like like just little things like that to give people the space to be queer if they would like to be yeah i was just gonna ask could you give an example of that but that's i feel like that's something that we never even think about like well, I I never ask guys if they're seeing girls, but like, that's 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 a good point. Just 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 say to not put any gender on it. Yeah, like you see anyone? I mean, I feel like we've said like, "Oh, you got a girl." Like it's like a common phrase. I oh, feel yeah, like, oh yeah, and you don't even think about it. Yeah, uh, I also want to talk about LGBTQ plus community is a very strong community. Why do you think it's like so like tight? You know, like such a great community or like, from the outside looking yeah, in. yeah from the like, outside oh, looking yeah. in like so it's for, such a like close community i feel like from what i've seen you see pride parades all the time you see them helping out each other and like yeah. coming together i would say that yeah for the 90 percent, it, it, it is a wonderful community and i'd say that the reason it is such a close community is because there's i i would say there's been a commitment to a lesser or a greater extent to leave no one behind to a certain extent like like if you think about it, like, objectively, LBGT, you know, the community has no real reason to stick together. There is no inherent rule of the universe that says that gay men have to work for, you know, trans women or whatever. But there's been a sort of a commitment to use our political power for the good of the group, the entire group, and to leave no one behind. I would say that is the greatest strength of the community, that we have more or less succeeded in keeping together even as you know gay people have gained full legal equality to not effectively disbanding the movement as we you know fight for trans equality however i would say that from the outside it may look unified and like all is you know working together yeah. inside it's it's a civil war it's it's <laughs> it's a mess it's you know people are arguing people are debating people are always at each other's throats it is it can be one of the most vicious communities. I don't want to sound like super down on it because I do love the community. I, I am you know, a proud member of the community, but it can be vicious. Yeah, I understand vicious communities. I'm part of the Star Wars community. <laughs> but I, yeah. I also want to get more back into GSA and how that club helps people. So just coming together like that, how coming together and having that club make you feel accepted like how do you make people feel accepted that can be in that club how do you encourage people to join it well, well I, I always say that we're in a funny position as gsa in terms of recruitment 
because uh, people know whether or not they'd like to be a member of GSA, more or less at the outset, and there's not a whole lot we can do to persuade them one way or the other. Um, <laughs> the, the, there is a set population we are drawing from, uh, and it doesn't really get bigger or smaller. Um, for your first question about, so, so mostly it's just getting people to be aware we exist. In terms of what it does as a community to have that, that sort of space in that meeting, uh, you know how I was talking earlier when you asked me about like why queer people seem to get offended so much, um, about how you always have to explain these sort of concepts that you need, that are sort of a prerequisite to the discourse of it. If you're in a space with only other queer people, then you have this sort of assumption that everybody knows what you're talking about. You know, you can say phrases like body dysmorphia, and somebody will get. Yeah, I have what no you, idea. Yeah, exactly. Um, and but <laughs> but if you're in a room with a room full of other queer people, people will generally get what you mean, and so you have these these phrases and these you know words that you don't have to explain, and it's kind of a freeing feeling. I also want to ask how you encourage straight people to join because I know it's called a gay sure. gay straight alliance a lot of places. I feel like straight people might just think that like, oh no, I don't want to join that. I mean. I think it's important that, you know, if straight people would like to be allies and would like to, you know, think that it is important for, you know, uh, queer and trans, you know, for gay and trans people to be a part of the, you know, to gain equality, to fight homophobia, I, I encourage you to join. I encourage you to, to become a member. Um, and I think that it's, it might be a little intimidating and it might be a little scary because you're like, oh, I don't want people to think I'm gay. I don't want people to think <laughs> I'm gay. But like, um, it's, it's a wonderful group of people. And it's a group of people who have conversations that you aren't that you don't hear much as a straight person. Such because I I wanna I really wanna have a transgender friend because sure. I feel like I I've never met a transgender person and actually sat down and had a conversation with them, and I feel like I just miss out on so many conversations that they have. So like, what are some things that you guys like probably like talk about that the general public would never think about? I mean, there's a lot of words like gender dysphoria is effectively the feeling of being. Yeah, I know um, gender yeah, dysphoria. Yeah, body dysmorphia is that, but just specifically about your body. Uh, um, but uh, there, there's a lot of discussions about you know what it's like. To, the, I I'm not trans. I you know I have a lot of trans friends, but I'm not trans, so I'm speaking as a a cis ally to the trans community. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of conversations about you know tips to transitioning about how to transition better about how you're doing there, there's a great clothes swapping scene because you have people going one way and people going the other way and they can uh, switch clothes um, that's really smart i never thought about that hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a reason to work together um but that so that that's sort of part of it and there's just a lot of great conversations about you know i mean dating is weird uh as, as a you know I'm, I'm not trans but they've i've yeah, I was gonna say. I've heard dating is is very weird as a trans person. Often, it's it's you date other trans people. Yeah, I I was gonna say. Um, do you think that they when when it comes when trans people are dating, do you think that they should announce if they're dating someone who's not trans or doesn't can't see that they're trans? Do you think that they should announce their like tr that they are transgender when meeting a person or like in their bio on Tinder or something or like within. I'm I'm just asking because you know a lot of people get like really. For example, there was this Virginia Tech linebacker, not Virginia Tech, but Virginia linebacker, and he was meeting up with this guy who was trans, but he never knew the guy was trans. Like the first time they met up, the guy did some favors for him, and then he left. And then the second time, somehow he realized the guy was trans. Are you saying was this a, a 
a, a trans woman or a trans man? No, it was it was a man who changed to a woman. So it was a trans woman? That would be a trans woman. Yeah. So it was a trans woman who, who um, based off the story, never told the Virginia linebacker, he was a linebacker, that he was a trans woman. He thought that the, the trans woman was a biological woman. And so the first time the trans woman gave the linebacker some favors. And then after that, they went their separate ways. But then they like ended up like talking again. And the second time when the, the Virginia linebacker came to meet up with him, he realized that it was a trans woman, and he beat the guy to death. And I don't think that he should have beat him to death. Yeah, but murder, murder is bad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree that murder is bad. But at the same time, I, I wouldn't have reacted in the mad way that, that the Virginia linebacker went. But I would have kind of been like, wow, you could have told me. But I wouldn't have been I don't know what I would have been to be honest with you. But but I would have been like, man, you could have you could have told me. So how do you think that they should go about like telling? Cuz I I feel like that is kind of like I wouldn't say dishonest, but it's I don't know. It it it's complicated for um even beyond like the moral question, the, the question of safety. As you as you demonstrated, it can often be dangerous for trans people to date for that very reason. Yeah. Um Purely on a practical level, I know that a lot of trans people do disclose relatively early on. In terms of whether or not they should have to, or or in terms of whether I I don't want to put moral obligations on them mm-hmm. as a community. Yeah, I don't want to say what they should or shouldn't do. I know that it's a consensus that it's safer to do so to disclose, um, for for the reasons you brought up. Um, but I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that people should have to do that. I would say it might be good etiquette before things get too physical to do it, just as like a politeness thing. Um, in the same way that if I had some sort of, you know, STD, uh, or ST, uh, STD is the wrong, but like if I, I had some sort of like, um, like deformity or 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 like a mutation, you know, that wasn't immediately visible, it might be good for me to alarm, you know, alarm people. Not to say that like being trans is a deformity, but like it's it's it follows a similar logic. Yeah, I was gonna say that because I would I would definitely want to know because I don't know I I just like to think about like the people I don't know it's just it's just I I wonder will that get I think it would utmost get like better because I remember was it Eddie Murphy that was dating a trans woman Yeah, I think it was Eddie Murphy, but like I don't know many, many people that would be like okay with it in this era. But I feel like as time goes on, people will will undoubtedly care less. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I know a lot of people who are dating trans people. I, it, you know, it's, it's. I think it's definitely growing. I think it's a lot, you know. I, I think it is growing. I think it's becoming more acceptable. I, it's not bad. Obviously, it's it's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and you know, it's it's. You have to sort of think about it. I mean, a lot of trans people they 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 are physically not all of them, but a lot of trans people are physically transitioning. They will look. And, and that can even go as far as as surgeries, yeah. Um, to to remove or add parts. Um, and so so at a certain level, it, or add, or oh, add, oh add. you said remove or add, remove or add. I thought you said, <laughs> I didn't know what you, said. I didn't know you said the second part. But go. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, can remove or add parts, and at a certain point, you it becomes indistinguishable effectively to a cis person. Um, so uh, like. I mean, that's not to say that like that's the bare minimum before like you should date trans people, but like I'm saying that like it, it's definitely something that that is possible and it's growing. Right. Yeah, it's definitely something to think about. I mean, 
it brings up a good conversation talking about that another thing i want to touch on before we run out of time is pronouns and uh <laughs> amon was all over the place with the pronouns in that last uh, story he told about the linebacker i wanted to give your take on like i feel like a lot of people make fun of pronouns and all that do you think it's just common courtesy just give the right pronouns <laughs> It's common courtesy. It's, you know, it's just being polite. And, you know, yeah. And that story, you should have been using um, she to refer to the trans woman. Um, That's my bad. No, yeah. I don't want to sound like I'm shaming you. Um, But, like, it's, sorry. Sorry. Um, Sorry. Richie shames me all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, like, like, it's. It's basic politeness in the same way that like if somebody you know somebody tells you your their name and it's like Mike you wouldn't go around calling them Michael, um, it's it's on that level of of common courtesy, um and like I can understand in certain circumstances it can be hard to remember but I just think making an effort to respect other people on that bare minimum level I don't even think it implies like you're you're. you're you know, I, I know a lot of conservatives like it implies I'm consenting to transness, um, no, which I don't think it's, but uh, it's just being nice. And I think people should should be nice. I think more people should be nice. That's my that's my hot take of the evening. Uh, <laughs> so we're almost out of time. So I got a question I like to end on as members who aren't part of that community. How can we help out? How can we get involved? Sure. Um, I would say that, you know, come, come to GSA if you would if you would like to you know get a firsthand experience. Um I also think that just being aware and being understanding. Um, I also think that a lot of what you can do to help trans and uh, gay people, you know, LGBT people, is reflection. I mean, um, er, like earlier you were talking about, you know, if I, if I was if I wanted to appear straight, would I go around eating Doritos or you know, yeah. lifting weights? <laughs> like, like why why do you assume that that would make you look straight? I think a lot of what needs to be done is not necessarily activism out in the streets you know breaking windows and things but i think that what could be done is just sort of people reflecting on their own minds and reflecting on the assumptions that they make and the things that they believe without really thinking about them well thank you very much for coming on Corey. love to have you on again sometime here. Yeah, uh this sure. has been ain't so black and white i'm richie lines and i'm on my peace y'all